Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. And welcome in to the Conservative Podcast. Dan is uh, down for the count. He's out. He, I don't think he's dead. I know he's really sick. And it's not COVID, so it's fine. Don't worry. So I'm going to be shooting here on solo. If you notice on the side over here, I have the... Uh, the Michigan debate. I was going to try to hop into that and watch it. And if you guys want to join me, we can watch that together. Um, and real quick, uh, Libservative Podcast is found in all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash Libservative. And we can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. And you can find our transcripts at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today and tell a friend. So as you can see, I'm going solo today. I am here. I'm going to get probably pretty inebriated while I do this. So I get some social lubrication going so I can talk to you guys without making any flubs or might make more flubs either way. Got myself some champagne of beers, got myself some whiskey. Uh, and we are looking at the two women that are running for Michigan governor right now. I um. Would I typically ask Dan right now, hey, Dan, so what'd you do this week? And for me, my week this, this or the last week, it's been pretty chill. You know, I went to the uh, Ohio State, Michigan State game last week, and I'm really, really glad that I am not a Michigan State fan and I am a Michigan fan because there was a point where that stadium turned red and there was more Ohio State fans in there than Michigan fans as they completely just abysmally Plus, that game is nothing went right for him except for, like, I think a pick six, pretty much. Um, Other than that, how's it going? We're here. I'm going to unmute this, and we can just start watching these. Uh, that woman from Michigan. <laughs> Go ahead and debate with the other woman. ...who just want to adopt and have a family. She also vetoed funding for critical pregnancy centers because she said they offered information on adoption. That's not exactly family friendly. So once again, the governor is being dishonest with you. She wants abortion to be your only option. 30 second rebuttal, governor. That's ridiculous. Like so much of what I think we're going to hear tonight, we know what the law is. So first thing I want to say, is Tudor Dixon has a terrible campaign manager. We also know she could have totally threw a softball and kicked off, kicked away the whole abortion abortion thing and said it was going to be on the ballot. But rights away from our future generations of she's showing her cards most important economic decision by deciding to whether and when to bear a child this candidate for governor wants to rip that away by deciding to make it an actual issue for the video questions campaign if that makes sense to submit questions and a few of them we reached out to and asked them to record the verbatim of what they asked us. And this first one, it really struck me because each of us have kids in public schools or in college. And Carson But I do also have a couple other things I want to get to tonight, guys, as we watch this. So I'm going to turn this down a little bit. 
and many of his peers. You can see it right over here. And let me see if I can put as some captions on. School safety is a top priority for me. What will you do in order to keep our school safety oh, perfect. protection to all Michigan students? All right. So. There are so many pressures for kids in school these days. Well, that's playing. And we got the uh, caps going. We can watch that as we're going. I also have a couple other things I wanted to go over. So, throughout the week, um, there has been, me and Dan were talking about the actual uh, illegals being shipped from the southern border up to uh, sanctuary cities. Where we had the southern borders trying to give the northern states a, not necessarily a taste of their medicine, but I think that's what they were trying to say. They're using people as pawns. Um, well, recently, a article from Wall Street Journal came out, and when they were actually interviewing some of these people that were being put on the train or on the bus rides and stuff going north, they actually said that they were happy with it. They said... Red flag I'm looking at this like ribbon screen right now, ribbon scroll on uh, Wall Street Journal. And when asked, the migrants were saying that they were actually happy to be moved into the city or moved north into uh, northern cities. And you know what? Honestly, I think it makes complete sense because of the fact that <laughs> they're getting moved away from the border. They're getting moved further away from border patrol. And they're getting put in areas that are more friendly for them, and they're getting put in areas where they actually will be able to find resources to help them become more citizens in a more friendly area versus a hostile area where someone's going to try to throw them away. In saying that, I do want to make it clear that I think what's going on at the border could be fixed there, and I think it's silly that we're trying to send this shit up north, that we have to get to that point to do that, to make it even... All right, guys, I am so sorry. I'm going to have to mute the audio from the debate, because I'm trying to talk, and I hear people talking, and it is throwing me off. But we got the cap locks. So don't worry. You can still read it. <laughs> no, you can't. That's a fucking lie. It's right over the bottom banner. Oh, well. Anyways, I did want to look. I actually did was going to be bummed. I was going to miss this because we were going to be recording, but I might be able to catch the tail later. I'm only really coming on to show face to make sure that we are still showing up for you, the people, the listeners. Then, the... oh, boy. <laughs> I'm here to show up for you, the listeners, to show face, to make sure that you guys see that we are still here and we're alive, even though Dan is barely alive. So back to what I was saying. Asylum seekers that once were once released by Border Patrol and had their destinations in the U.S. while waiting their first court dates. In the past, they still had to pay their own fare on buses or airplanes, but now they're actually having getting money, or that now the federal money or state money is paying for them to go to northern cities and the and when asked a lot of them like this person oscar bay castillo said i didn't have any idea where i was going to go and the bus showed up and took him you know <laughs> where you at dan this is so much easier when you got someone else riffing off of you um what else do i got here All right. Did you guys hear about Uvalde School District? It's suspending its entire police department. 
They are. I'm right now. I'm looking at an article from NPR, and it says Uvalde school district suspends its police department as shooting probe report nears. The Uvalde school district said Friday that it's suspending the entire school district department, and they're saying that as the reports are closing, they're finding out that there's just more, just lack of them doing their job, and uh, it's looking like the best option is to actually throw them out. Um, recent developments have uncovered additional concerns at department operations, the district said, adding that currently employee, employed officers will move to other roles in the district and reporting the investigation is expected later this month. So that's definitely something we're going to keep an eye on and definitely let you guys know because the school stuff right now, like what happened in Uvalde for a quick recap for anyone who's not paying attention, it was just complete malfeasance and complete just incompetence by the police who were just standing outside while kids were inside getting killed. And it go it spits right in the face of the whole idea of, well, we should just have more armed guards at the schools because here was hundreds just sitting outside while the other guy was holed up killing kids. And then another good option, another good example of that is just recently here in our hometown in Oxford, there was a, a shooting at Oxford High School, I want to say in the big, geez, I want to say in the beginning of the year, so much stuff happens all the time that things just get pushed so far away and out of your mind so fast. It's insane. Well, just recently there, they had an armed guard that they hired to work at the school because of the tragedy that happened there. And so you had a guy with a gun in the school and he was in the bathroom and he hung his gun up on a hook and the gun went off. Now, thank God, and for real, thank God that um, actually, hey, Chris, I'm going to get to your message in a second. I just saw it. And thank God that nobody heard that gunshot because I'm only thinking of this the fear and panic that'd be going throughout that school if that gunshot was heard. And so this is just adding to the conversation that it isn't black and white, that it isn't just a simple answer of, oh, just put more guns in the schools because it clearly it doesn't work when there's officers outside. And then there's clear, this is a clear example of the mishaps that could happen and inside the school. And that maybe when it's a school, like, I don't know, you know, it's so, it's so, uh, such a weird topic to where it's like, it does make sense that, you know, you have someone there with a gun, but it's like, well, what if a kid gets a hold of it? Like that was an argument. A lot of people said, and I guess it doesn't even matter if a kid gets a hold of it because of the fact that the guy that has the gun himself could be in the school and he could actually misfire his gun by hanging it on a hook i'm not exactly sure how that's a good idea i know that in my gun safety classes we learn that you treat every gun as it's loaded and then the and then you know uh trigger control with your finger i guess hook control wasn't in the class i guess that was something that's a little bit common sense so anyway so he had to report it which i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't even imagine going to my boss and saying that i accidentally did a desk pop <laughs> shot a bullet off in the bathroom i'm really really glad that nobody heard it but still this is a clear example of more guns in a school isn't necessarily a problem that's gonna or not necessarily a solution to a very very complex problem and it's almost i almost want to say it's equivalent just saying oh just more guns just binary more guns is literally equivalent to liberals saying no guns we can't have any guns because it's clear that more guns in a school setting 
has the chance of them not doing anything or them accidentally shooting ceilings. And no guns also leads to no defense when there's a shooting that's happening. And so my mind time and time again goes to the idea that we really need to go to the root cause of this problem and that there is a mental health issue that's happening. And it's almost like this loophole feedback to where it's like almost the thing to do. Like in the 60s and 70s, it seemed like it was like serial killers. And I don't know if it's concerning or a good thing that you don't hear about serial killers anymore because of the fact that that could mean that they're either really good at what they're doing or they're going into other outlets. Like the people, when they lose their shit, they go and they shoot up at school. Either way, in either case, it's a mental health issue. And we really need to double down and like actually tackle the mental health problems in our country and more guns in schools and less guns in schools appear to not be the answer. And we really need to quit using inanimate objects as the scapegoat uh, to actually tackle these problems. So Schizo, you just said the kids need psychic drugs and you know, necessarily, you know, so I used to work in the mental health field for a little bit and I've seen people that were on drugs and yeah, they seem fine, but as soon as something like when you get pumped up with all of these drugs to where you're on this level playing field to where you're not happy or you're not sad and you're constantly just numb, if something happens like you can't get a hold of your prescriptions for that day, something happens to where you, you miss it, you forget it. We're already talking about people who aren't mentally stable. They feel fine. They don't think they need to take them anymore. And then all of a sudden they're super happy and super hit, sad. And they can't regulate their emotions because they've relied on a chemical compound to do it for so long that when this actually, like when that they don't get their drugs, the ultimate fallout is like intermittent explosive disorders and bipolar and manic and episodes and all sorts of things like that. And I think that a lot of these people, like, yeah, there's obviously already a chemical imbalance that's making them think that that's the only outlet to do this, that that's the only way to be heard. And I know that makes it sound like I'm sympathizing with them. But we're talking about people who have no grasp of reality like you or I do. And you nudge them in the wrong direction by either getting them bullied, then getting ignored. Like there's always signs. Every time it happens, there's always a sign. There's always a sign that this person did this. There's always a sign. If someone just said something, like the FBI knows. So even like, let's go back, go back to the psychic drugs thing. Even if the FBI knows I mean, even if they are on psychic drugs and they are making all these different threats and the FBI knows, it seems that they still get slipped through the cracks, if that makes sense. I know I'm, I'm, I don't have Dan to keep me with the bumpers on the alley to keep my mind a little bit more focused today. I'm kind of going all over the place. Thanks, Chris. I, I'm going to share that one right now. And if you want to see my narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies, Jesus my narcissistic tendencies in action. That is the first uh, comment I'm going to share. Thanks for my shirt. My shirt is dope. I would say, Chris, that it is out of this world. Ah! <laughs> for the people who are just listening, it's a shirt with fucking stars and planets on it. So it's a stupid dad joke. Um. So, Chris, my thoughts on the Alex Jones lawsuit. We... Hmm. I am always an advocate for free speech. And hmm. 
Not yet, and I haven't really actually unpacked this one. I'm always an advocate for free speech. I don't think that people, for just saying things, should have to. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, so if you say something and it's actionable, like if you go into a movie theater and you yell fire, and then everyone gets up and runs and there's a stampede and some and stampede and somebody gets hurt when there was no fire, then you could be held liable for inciting a riot. But if you go into a theater and you yell fire and everyone's just sitting there and they go shut the fuck up and nothing happens, then I don't think that you should actually have to face for anything like that. Now, what's happening is his words where they were just words and it was just his opinion. And in all honesty, I'm really what you know, it's it's him grifting to a bunch of people who just want to hear a different opinion, who like think it's much easier to think that the government was doing this than it is to think that nobody nobody has their hands on the wheel. So in other words, what I'm saying is, I think for a lot of people, they grasp at these ideas that things like Parkland were a a hoax or a false flag because of the fact that it makes them feel, I guess, a little bit more secure in their position in the world when it makes them feel a bit more secure in their position in the world when they think that there's somebody controlling everything that's going on at the helm versus nobody holding the steering wheel. And I think that's where a lot of conspiracies come in that if you could just blame somebody doing this versus it's just a crazy fucker doing it. Um, it's I guess it's easier to grasp onto that reality for some people than the idea that there could be just anyone you know, anybody at any point could be wild. And so he, I think what he was doing was clearly a, a grift. He was grifting to his uh, his listeners, you know, based on his, like, based, that was his mantra. It was always about conspiracies. There's always a cabal, the lizard people, there's an Illuminati, everyone's in charge of all this stuff. So he was able to say this because it was just free content for him to express and exploit and say these things. And ultimately what that did was these families who were in mourning that their kids did die because of this tragedy were having people come to their houses and harass them. And when people and this isn't like he said it once and then everyone goes, yo, Joe, Alex, shut the fuck up. You idiot. You're literally affecting people's lives who are mourning for their children. He doubled down. And it got to the point where these people, they were getting death threats, calling them fake actors. Like these people are trying to bury their kids and they're being called fake actors and all of this stuff. So I understand why everyone wanted to shut them the fuck up. But I don't, I think things like this objectively do set a bad precedence because now you can say a different thing. And I'm not even sure if anyone could tell me what was the actual charge, was it defamation? If it was defamation, I guess that's a case that they could do because he was straight up lying on an, on a, uh, on a uh, platform where he had a lot of people that were listening to him and taking his word as doctrine. And there was actionable results from that, which what he was saying was equivalently false. And, you know, there's certain things that if you say them, and there's a direct response from it. Someone, I think, could be held liable. Crisis actors. <laughs> um, Schizo just said, what about Biden calling mega people a threat to America and someone was killed over it? 
yeah, you, you know what, you're, you're right. You know, that's, it's the same, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, Marjorie Taylor Green. We, we talked about this last week on the show. Marjorie Taylor Green said that, you know, she said Democrats are killing Republicans. And she's talking about exactly what you're talking about when that one guy who ran over a teenager who said that the teenager was a Republican and they had a political dispute and ran him over. Whether they did or not, you know, there's a lot of these reports coming out now. They're saying the kid didn't even know politics and he wasn't even into it. And if that's the case, and this sounds like this guy who is like even more unhinged than we already thought he was because the guy is an asshole. He ran someone over because they had a disagreement. He deserves to be behind bars. And, but it's fuel, like Schizo said, when Biden called mega people a threat to America. Now I had, no, we talked about this last week too. I was having a conversation with a friend and we talked about the fact that Biden did try to make it clear and distinguish Republicans from mega Republicans. Sure, I'll give them that. I'll give them that credit. But the problem is when he said that, he he knows that 80 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. You can ask any Republican whether they like Donald Trump or not. Was Donald Trump talking about you when he or I mean was Biden talking about you when he said mega Republican and they go, yeah, it seemed like it. You know, I mean, like it's anecdotal evidence for me, of course, but all of my conservative friends and then not just my conservative friends, but you see it in every single conservative media outlet. Everybody thinks that he was talking about them. Now, I heard a good rebuttal from my friend, Steve, the Serb, who's been on this show before. He said the fact that Biden. uh wasn't like he said he was clear he wasn't talking about them and it doesn't matter what he says because it's going to make them mad it's going to make them mad what no matter what he says it's going to piss them off and i said well then that makes it worse because that means he's talking to his base and what i'm saying is when he's talking to his base saying that there's mega republicans out there trying to kill them what that ultimately leads to is that psycho who ran over that teenager just like when you have Donald Trump or Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about crazy socialists and doing things like that, and then you see extremist actions where you see a right-wing extremist run his car into a crowd of people who were there to protest a a uh, national a, a a national pride thing in Charlottesville, you know, where all the extremists were, you know. I think like I think the crowd was convoluted. I don't know if everyone there was straight up has bed sheets at home with uh the kkk emblems on it and shit but they knew the crowd they were hanging out with and they were okay with being with them and i'm not a fan of broad brush strokes but a lot of those people knew who their company was and one of them ran over a leftist and so what i'm getting at is both sides have these extremist like actors that are ready to just go all out because they feel like they have nothing to lose and they go and murder and kill people in the name of some political ideology. And when you take one example of that whole, of the whole left and one of them happens to slip up and do something terrible. And then you try to broad brush that whole side as that person. Then ultimately what it happens is the whole other side sees that whole side like that. 
And then it creates this crazy divide where there's a team. And then the other side thinks, well, they're doing it. So then I'll do it. And it just creates this terrible feedback loop where now we're seeing more and more political violence from the left and right. And it is just, and it's not the left or the right, but there's people that subscribe to those ideologies and then they do this shit. And then it just creates this snowball effect where people keep blaming both sides for the actions of one. And then everyone just thinks the other side is just a bunch of monsters. When, whether you watch this show and you are on the left or you are on the right, it's very clear that that's not true at all. It's small offshoot uh, examples of these individuals doing crazy shit. And because if it really was how the media tries to paint it, whether it's the left or the right, that the left wants to kill the right, the left wants to kill the left, 80 million people voted for both of these fucking presidents. So if everyone really was fucking extreme, like both sides try to paint these caricatures up of them, it'd be the fucking purge. We'd be out in the streets all killing each other. And that's not happening. I drive my car and when I'm at the store and I see people who, you know, they, they fit the image of a Republican or they fit the image of a liberal and you see them both walking with their shopping carts and they bump into each other and they go, oh, sorry, you know, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go first. No, 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 you go first. Society is still pretty fucking civil overall. No matter what the media narrative tries to drive that wedge into, which right now is fucking terrible because of the fact that the midterms are coming up. So it's worse than it is ever. And so Schizo says, should Biden pay? I don't know if necessarily he should pay. Just like I don't think necessarily Trump should pay for his rhetoric. Uh, even though his is arguably was actionable, it was equivalent to, uh, you know, Caesar. I think it was Caesar that says, uh, will someone rid me of these meddlesome priests? Um, either way, I mean, obviously, no, you know, I'm sorry. No, you know, obviously Biden's words were actionable because this guy went and tried to run someone over and killed him. And so it's, it's just, it's the extreme, the extreme rhetoric of creating these boogeymen of the other sides is doing nothing good for our country. It's because though you said you're a mega, a mega hub fanboy. <laughs> Um, all right, what do I got next? I got up here. Speaking of Trump, I was looking at this. It was cracking me up, actually, because he was talking about the size of the crowd on January 6th. And I was like, why the hell is that even something to brag about? <laughs> what else I got here? Oh, when we talk about I have this is a uh so what about Biden calling mega people? I was looking up the two examples I have here of how things are treated, which I find interesting. Um, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, which personally, I I disagree with them doing that because taking away this federal, like which I'm I'm usually typically for taking away the federal power, like taking away power from the federal government, right? But when Roe v. Wade was overturned, did it take away power from the federal government? Yes. But in turn, it also took away the rights of millions of Americans. So I am against it in the sake of putting the cart before the horse. I think it should have been codified a long, long time ago. I think that abortion is between a doctor and the woman. 
and nobody else, then the government shouldn't be meddling in it. Just like I don't think the government should be meddling in whether or not you got a vaccine. Body autonomy is body autonomy. And that's that's just where my personal stance is on that. You know, and <laughs> Trump is funny. Yeah, it's honestly, he does. He cracks me up. Like it's like, what the fuck is this guy saying? But so going now, going back to the Roe v. Wade thing is what I was talking about, though, is um, when Roe v. Wade got overturned, you saw thousands of people uh, out protesting in front of the Supreme Court judges. And that's illegal. Um, let me, the fe, a federal statute. So I'm looking right now at a, a Northeastern uh, website or Northeastern University's website. And it says a federal statute prohibits picketing or parading. Ah, oh, geez. Stupid ads. All right. So I'm looking for this real quick. And. I'm looking for the piece that was talking about it. I love it when an article just takes for fucking ever to load. It's it's the best, right? Um, all right, right here. A federal statute prohibits picketing or parading with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, or witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duty. Violation of this law can lead to to a fine or imprisonment for less than a year or both. Now, I'm bringing that up to bring up this right here. Um, I'm looking at an AP article right now. So these people were breaking federal law by, by protesting in front of these judges' houses, which I am, I'm ultimately, I'm a fan of protesting. I think it's one of the biggest voices people can use to get their voice across directly to their representatives to let them know that they're not fucking around. Our country was founded on protesting and rioting and just basically telling a government to kick rocks. So none of those people were arrested, right? Great. I'm okay with that. No, no, there was nothing. There was no, as far as I know, there was no damage to these people's houses. There might've been, threats of violence or death but like i was saying earlier like on my personal philosophy on on speech it's it wasn't actionable nothing came of it they were just saying i'll fucking kill you people yell that in traffic all the time if we really want to get really nitty-gritty into speech then we're all going to be in jail and in an overcriminalized society that we have already we're headed that way anyways <laughs> that's just my opinion um So I'm looking at this article right now from AP. 11 anti-abortion activists were charged with blocking a clinic. So there is another law that is called the, I think it's the FACE, the FACE Act. Let me see if I could find this real quick. It's an acronym. Um, But there are 11 people that are facing, I think, up to seven years in prison for simply, let me, I'm just going to read the article. A federal grand jury has indicted 11 people on charges of obstructing a reproductive health clinic outside of Nashville, Tennessee. The indictment returned Wednesday charges with all, with all 11 with violations of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. Yeah, so the FACE Act. 
the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. And seven, with the civil rights conspiracy, according to a joint statement from the Justice Department and the U.S. Attorney Mark H. Wilds, Wild Wildassin, W-I-L-D-A-S-I-N, Wildison, Wildison. Anyways, the seven charged with engaging in a conspiracy used social media beginning in February 21, 2021 to, to promote, coordinate, travel, and identify other participants for a series of anti-abortion events scheduled in March. The indictment alleges Five defendants were accused of traveling to a Tennessee from other states to participate. They did a Facebook live stream and it showed participants blocking the entry to the doors of the Carafim, of the Carafim Health Center Clinic in Mount Julia, which prevented a patient and an employee from entering, authorities said. The live stream also broadcast members of the group attempting to engage a patient and her companion. The defendants violated federal law by using physical obstruction to intimidate and interfere with the clinic's employees and patient who was seeking reproductive health services, the indictment said. All defendants will have appearances in the scheduled U.S. court district in Nashville if convicted of the seven charges of conspiracies, each faced up to 11 years in prison, and the other four face, four years, face a year in prison, authorities said. The, the incidents alleged that the in, indictment happened a few months before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, ending constitutional protections for abortion and reigniting public debate over the procedure. So here's an example of two people literally protesting the same exact thing, Roe v. Wade. We had liberals on the left protesting in front of Supreme Court judges' houses, which is illegal. And we had people protesting in front of uh, a Planned Parenthood facility, which is a medical facility. So that's illegal. Now, my thing is, me personally, I think that both of them both parties shouldn't face charges necessarily. I mean, trespassing, right? Then just do it the right way. Like do it like a slap on the wrist. Hey, get off this guy's property or you're getting arrested for trespassing. Fine. I'm okay with that. But these federal laws is an overcriminalization of the American people. And it's just time and time again, we're seeing the department of justice politicized in one way or the other, where they turn their heads when we have people that agree with their, the, current administration's ideology they turn their heads and don't actually try to uh pursue any sort of case but when they are in front of an abortion clinic they're coming down hard on them when these people essentially it was a smaller crowd way less i would say not necessarily dangerous but they just locked arms and they just didn't let people go into a place and now they're being faced with 11 years I've been in protests and we've blocked traffic. Now, luckily, when I was blocking traffic in the protest I was in, uh, it looked like that the Department of Justice was kind of friendly to our case because it was right during the George Floyd stuff. But flip the script. I could have been facing a federal crime for standing up for something I believe in when, under, when I'm protected under the Second Amendment or, or the First Amendment or freedom of assembly. Why is it what's good for me is not good for thee? I just want some consistency. That's all I want. I want to see a consistent law that's going to be applied equally regardless of who is in charge. And now we're seeing the what we would be you would consider like it seems like the left right now with their misinformation, their disinformation. We just had a Florida uh health the Florida health attorney general or whatever 
or Surgeon General, you know, the doctor boss, he um, had his tweets removed because they did a study in Florida talking about how, like, regardless of the story, like, people are saying that the study isn't peer-reviewed, so it's bullshit or whatever. But regardless, he tweeted out something about how uh, there's an increase in mitochondria, or I don't even know how to say the word, that heart inflammation in young kids when they get the vaccine. Knocked off. But at the same time, we just had the CEO of Pfizer in the Dutch court under under oath say that they never even tested for transmissibility. And when they were doing their testing for the Pfizer vaccine, that they never tested for transmissibility. And it just it blows my mind how certain misinformation is allowed and certain information isn't. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to try to keep talking so I don't get any dead air on here. And I'm going to find that video of that Dutch minister. I don't think he's a prime minister. I don't know exactly how their shit goes over there. So real quick, I'm going to stop sharing our that stream. I'm going to find the the video of homeboy talking about how he asked this person under oath come on where are you at you little bastard what the fuck what the fuck where's my save shit Oh boy. All right. One second. I'm going to try to continue to find this. Um, and in the meantime, so basically what the guy is talking about is the fact that he asked the CEO or not. I think it was like a C like someone in charge of stuff going on over there. And, uh, and what, what, who speaks Dutch? What's what country is that? I am completely going off the rails here. Here it is right here. All right. So I'm going to share this with you really fast. Share this screen. Chrome tab. All right. So here is Rabrus MEP. I'm not exactly even sure what that stands for. But here's this video, and I'm going to play this for you really quick. But also for others. You... If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport, the COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. 
Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Smal, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now, this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. And so I share that video for the sake that there was a time when we're like, basically I remember I was going off, off of misinformation and things like that. If I can round this back up to where I went on this little tangent. It just appears that certain people are allowed to share misinformation and they see no repercussions and then other people do and they get vehemently destroyed for it. And it's just insane to me how when there's a media narrative or when there's money behind something, how things can just get moved along and things like that. Um. This is the worst so-called vaccine I have ever, ever, I have ever since. Or did you mean seen? Yeah, you know, I still, I still advocate for it because it's still helpful to people who, you know, who have immune compromises and vulnerabilities. But it just seems like more and more that it was almost like a cash cow, man. I mean, they came out when it first came out and they said, oh, yeah, you won't get, you know, Rachel Maddow, Fauci, you get the vaccine, you can't pass it on, you can't get it, you'll be fine. And then it went, you can't pass it on and you can get it, but you might be better. And then it went, if you get it, it might be better, but you can still pass it on and you can still get it. And now at this point, so like where I'm at, it's like, I advocate for the vaccine for people. I tell them to talk to their doctors, like some people that can help them. Absolutely. I'm not some anti-vaccine idiot. I know that it can help. I've always been fascinated with the idea of CRISPR. I think that what this is doing is opening the doors to so many advancements in science and stuff that's going to save so many lives. We're starting to see it now in a gene where people have a, a gene to be blind. We're seeing the same science being pushed towards that, to where it's going to end things with people getting uh, just genetic blindness. We're seeing it in the directions where it's going to help people with sickle cell disease in the black communities. We're seeing it being used towards AIDS, HIV. We're seeing this help in so many different ways. But the way the vaccine was pushed out, it's clear that there was a monetary motive. There's another case coming out. I'm not going to get into it too deep because I'm, I don't like to just jump the gun. But it's looking like in the EU, there might have been text messages between the Pfizer CEO. And them trying to make deals with their uh, for contracts for the with talking about a bunch of money. My kid is losing his mind in the other room, <laughs> and it's just 
it's frustrating. It really is. It's frustrating based on the fact that we are still seeing like, what is it? There's like 20,000 servicemen that aren't getting the vaccine. So they are going to lose their position, which I'm still even on the fence with, with that one, because of the fact that all the way back to George Washington, he made people do inoculation with smallpox to save his soldiers. And it was either get inoculated or you're out of the army. And so I always think the army is a little bit different like that. The, uh, the precedent for that, isn't any different than anything else. But when we're talking about your American private citizens, or even just private citizens all over the world, but private citizens, it goes back to what I said a minute ago, my body, my choice, man. It's uh, body autonomy, and body autonomy is body autonomy is body autonomy. And it's ridiculous that we're still seeing uh, nurses and stuff get fired over not getting a jab that we now know that's been admitted by Pfizer that they hadn't, they didn't even do any testing and whether or not it was transmissible and the whole idea. And like, and what this has done is it's opened all these doors to these crazy, crazy executive orders and this crazy government overreach. What we saw in Canada of the vaccine mandate and them saying they didn't want the vaccine and they were vilified and they were called racist and they were called extremists and people's bank accounts were frozen by uh, what was it? GoFundMe. People's bank accounts were frozen and we're finding that all of that happened over a thing that was said that wasn't even tested for. We need to get in the reins a little bit here. We need to just like, fuck me, man. We need to just get our balance here and even the keel and figure this shit out. Um, but yeah, so that's my little take on the vaccine because of the fact that it's just, it's good for you. I mean, not not good for you necessarily. There are people that are like, that's another thing too, is we're not talking about the negative effects of it. You know, people are dying from getting the vaccine. It's such a minute number. It's probably equivalent to a lightning strike. But you know what? Lightning strike, the, the chance of you getting it, this is just something that just came to me. The chance of you getting struck by lightning is what, like 0.001, It's some ridiculously low number, but yet it's drilled into our heads. Don't go under a tree. When there's a thunderstorm, because there's still a chance of it happening, right? If it's 0. 0.00000001, there's still a chance of it happening. So even if it's a 0.00000001, which I don't even think it's that. I think there's a couple less zeros than that when it comes to the vaccine and side effects from it. People shouldn't be deplatformed. People shouldn't be labeled as conspiracy theorists. And people shouldn't be silenced or censored for the sake of sharing their concerns about something because we should be concerned sharing our any sort of concern or pause you have about any situation. But when there's a bunch of money behind you, then a lot of times that narrative has a funny way of going one way or the other. Remember when opiates weren't addictive, when big pharma paid for that. Now all of a sudden we just think big pharma is our friend. Any organization that has billions of dollars behind it is doing everything they can to keep that billion turn into a trillion in self-serving interests. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, here's a good one. So you guys hear that Biden uh, is uh, taking is uh, the, the Biden's announcement on the marijuana policy reform? And did you guys hear about that one? So 
he recently on October 6th, 2022. So right now I'm on Foley.com. It's Foley and Lardner. It's a lawyer's website. This article was published on October 12th. And it says on October 6, 2022, President Biden issued a statement on marijuana policy reform, accompanied by a proclamation and decision to pardon individuals prosecuted for the simple possession of marijuana in violation of the Controlled Substances Act, CSA. President Biden's announcement occurred just in time for the upcoming midterm elections and focused on three priorities. All individuals charged or convicted for, of prior federal offenses for simple possession of marijuana in violation of a limited set of federal and district of Columbia laws will be issued complete and unconditional pardons. State governors are urged to mirror the presidential pardons at the state level where permissible. And finally, in a substantial shift in federal marijuana policy, the president requested that the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General initiate an administrative process to review marijuana's Schedule One classification under the federal law in the CSA. So, hey, Robbie. Robbie, you missed it. Dan is uh, dead. Well... <laughs> He's not, he's just, he's dying. Maybe he's really sick, but it's not COVID. So it's okay. Um, So it's just me tonight. So I'm just rambling on. And right now I'm talking about uh, um, the, uh, oh man, the marijuana policy reform. There we go. So in all reality, the, the, the approximately of 6,500 people that are being released because of a simple possession that is such a small number. It does kind of seem, and it does kind of seem uh, like it's a political stunt. But what I'm really excited about with this is what's going to have the real meat of this, which is going to like nip everything what's happening with the whole marijuana policy and people being put in jail and all of this in the bud is removing, is reviewing and removing, removing marijuana from Schedule One. We already have 35 states that or 37 states that permit medical use of cannabis when under schedule one substances are considered the most dangerous substance and they have a high potential use for abuse and no currently accepted medical treatment that goes directly count it's very counterintuitive to what 37 states say when it comes to medical care cannabis and 19 states permit recreational use and so it's finally it's nice to see the federal government is finally catching up and they're going to make it off of schedule one, because honestly, what I think that this will do is create millions and millions of jobs. Getting it off of schedule one is going to make it to where these businesses can actually get loans and work in, and get uh, and store their money in banks. That's a huge cash industry right now because you can't you can't <laughs> when the federal government sees weed as a schedule one drug in a state, you can't put your money in a bank because they consider you a drug dealer. So all these companies are run based on cash. And now they're they're trying to make it to where it's not like that anymore. I think that this will ultimately save millions of people from going to jail. And it's going to keep families together. Uh you you another okay, another thing you could think about is if the fact that we uh knock it off schedule one and make it through we can grow it here in the states that's going to take a bunch of money from the cartel's pockets and then they're going to in turn not have as much money to corrupt their own governments and then in turn that's going to make those countries a little bit more stable and then in turn that might stem the tide of a bunch of immigrants coming from these destabilized countries that are being destabilized because of our own domestic policies and schizo said uh he likes that he, i like that biden for his weed policy and the student debt relief yeah those are those are two things I'll give him credit for. 
not much else. <laughs> and the the weed policy, it's funny. It's 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 a it's a good first step. Um, Biden himself with his 1994 crime bill is one of the reasons why a lot of these people are in prison in the first place. But I guess we're just going to give him a pass because he's trying to correct. It's a, it's a character arc, right? He's trying to he's trying to correct his wrongdoings. We're in, he's in the uh, the epilogue of his life, so now he's like coming to the realizations of the things he did wrong. It's like I can see clear now. What else do I got here for you guys? Um, how about uh, what do I got here? Oh, here's a fun one. It's just a fun one. Um, NASA is working on a giant slingshot. It's using centripetal force to launch things into the air instead of using rockets. And it's a pretty wild idea, but it might actually work. So what it does is basically just sits here and spins it up, up, and up, and up, and up, and then releases it and goes up. And now it makes you wonder how long until we see them using that for garbage. Right? Um, what else I got? What do you guys want to talk about? I'm about to wrap this up here. I'm 53 minutes in and I've been doing it myself. And I think I've actually, I don't know what you guys think. You think I did an okay job? It's my first time ever doing this by myself, right? Um, yeah, I think that's it. I'm going to read this off to you guys and then bid you adieu. But I just wanted to make sure I came out and talked to everyone and said, hey, and that Dan is actually okay. He's not really dying and he's not dead. He's just sleeping. I told him to get some rest. He's probably got the flu. The Observative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash observative. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. You can find our transcripts at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Make sure you guys send Dan your well wishes. He's going to, hopefully he feels better soon. And we'll be back onto our normal shows next week. Until then, I'm Corey. Dan's not here. And uh, we will see you next week. We the people cannot end that. Somebody must leave, or else the fight would not be made at all.